0: Welcome to another episode of Meta Athletes of Playbook, bring our coaches' insights directly to our community. And uh, B, I just put out a tweet this morning. I said, stock market up, crypto up, vibes up. And I think that it's just a, um, it seems like such a teaser to like what's to come. Like, you know, when people talk about bull market and bull market vibes, I think there's two different things. There's probably a, there's a technical, you know, aspect to where there's a certain, there's certain, you know, markers and benchmarks that are being hit to like technically um, call it a bull market. But it certainly feels like we're like inching towards something and, and you can kind of just feel it in Twitter, you can feel it in group chats, um, people are making money again, people are buying assets and kind of loading up their bags. So it's kind of interesting to, you know, we got in here you know, 2021 when obviously the crypto you know market NFT market had a huge boom. But then we've been really like, <laughs> we've been really kind of like hunkered uh, down for these uh, last like year and a half, and so it's kind of cool to kind of reignite it and see people get really, really pumped up about, um, you know, getting involved with trading crypto, getting involved with collecting assets that are kind of this new standard of of you know digital collectibles, and um, kind of curious, do you feel like that? Do you do you also feel that sentiment in the air with the with our groups right now?
1: I do. I think. Um... I got a lot of emotions about it too, because I think when when we first connected, we first met, it was, I think, the peak of the like the maybe, maybe not the exact peak, but it was around the last cycle. You know, it was in the uh, the top of that last cycle when when things were going really well, like people were buying things, people were making a lot of money, and then all of a sudden everything kind of crashed. Right? There's a lot of events that kind of led to those the, those opportunities and those moments, but then you could sense um, the negativity. Right. And I think we've talked about that before, like the negativity that some people would have um, you know, between scammers and between rugs and between people just giving up and people leaving and um, you and I and there's a lot of other people, too, that we become a lot closer with through through friendships and through networking um, that just continue to show up and continue to be a positive force and continue to, to, to build and they kept saying like you know the market everything's a cycle right everything is going to shift and everything's going to change and i think it was probably almost like two weeks ago when people started saying just um just just watch out like you know bitcoin's going to start moving and it, and it did and it, and it shot from 28 to 32 and it went from 32 to 40 42 or 44 and then yep. eth it went from 1800 to to 2000 and then they hit 2300 i don't even know it's that today but and then you started to feel the, the 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 narrative shift a little bit where people were more positive, people were more happy, people were more um excited, right? Like on a day-to-day basis. And it was it's the vi you said it, the vibes are um they're infectious right now, right? They're just like negative energy is infectious, positive energy is infectious too. Like everything is everybody's a little bit happier, everybody's excited um to see what's gonna happen. But I think You and I, and the group of friends that we've had, realize that we're on the verge of of a technological shift that's going to impact our the way the way we everything is going to happen in the future. Like everything's going to be again, this is an opinion, but everything's going to be built on the blockchain. There's going to be more digital assets. There's going to be more digital currency. There's going to be everything is going to be tokenized, right? And if you can't see it. You're asleep because the entire world is gonna change. like you can start to see up yeah. the way where where gaming's going. like I was in a text message today. I'm like if you don't realize what people have been doing for the last three years, and you've just been constantly building and pretty soon you're gonna see everything explode and everything become tokenized. like did you see the the grand Theft Auto, the GTA uh, trailer the other day? So I didn't see the trailer. I've always, I've you know seen the hype on Twitter, people talking about the launch and uh but I haven't I haven't really looked into it too much. It is um it's incredible. Like it it looks like it looks like it's real. And I've never and grown up playing GTA, but I remember GTA was around like when I when I was a kid. And, and um just seeing the the life r- nature of the game is it's incredible. But what people are saying is that Rockstar is going to the company behind GTA, right. Is going to introduce crypto into the game, and I don't know how they're going to do that. But you are seeing the hype around Portal Coin. Um, somebody from Rockstar is involved with Portal Coin as mm. well, and so you're starting to see all these these companies and these projects that have been nonstop grinding over the last couple of years, constantly building. They're they're starting to come to the limelight right now. Like gaming assets, gaming NFTs are starting to come come out a little more. Tokens are starting to become a little bit more valued, um, and that's kind of leads into like what we were going to talk about today too, right? Is like this constant, uh, this ability to show up, right, and being thinking the long game, right, in a short term kind of world in which we live in. Like thinking the long game is when you constantly show up and you constantly continue to work and you're passionate about the things that you're you're doing the fruits of your labor will come to will come to life you don't know when but it's coming to life and you know i think we we're experiencing those some of those positive vibes that we not we haven't experienced in previous cycles because we never were in the game before right and so this is our first go at it and what i've also heard too and i don't know if this is true or not but this is this cycle might be the last really big cycle when you can make it big like there might be future cycles after that, but it, it may not be as big as this one's going to be because now I think we might hit mass at ad- mass adoption. Because
0: There's, there's obviously, um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things I want to unpack that, but what you just mentioned, you know, people's eyes opened up, but maybe they didn't lean in, uh, two years ago. Now people understand it and they know at a certain level where they're like, okay, I'm familiar with this and I know that there's a ton of money here, but there's a certain level of trust to see it come back at that level, mm. right? Where it's like headlines, people are becoming millionaires again. like. And so I think getting a, it's like you lean in a little bit more this cycle if you haven't been onboarded to crypto before. And I, I'm talking to a couple of my buddies and yeah. I'm, I can hear from them of like, guys is ramping up or like, should I be, you know, I have a Coinbase, what should I be doing? And, and so you, you kind of help them, you know, understand where they should be placing the money a little bit more smartly. But you you know, you don't want to be you're not giving away financial advice, but the experience of what we've seen on a day-to-day basis helps us understand like this is what we actually should be looking for in a builder. This is what we actually should be looking for when it comes to um you know, supporting and, and getting behind yeah. a certain project. But um you know, something else that you mentioned that was kind of interesting is um this like the culture side of it. You know, whether it's gaming or trading card games or things like that, um, what's fascinating to me is, and I just spoke about this on Spaces the other day, is there has to be this combination of like huge financial implications that get people to lean in, but it really starts with like people that really enjoy the collecting side, or or maybe it's playing Pokemon, playing Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, you know, all these cards, like it doesn't get to a, a high level of collectability unless there's these small pockets of communities that that really are organically growing over time. And so what do we have now with NFTs? We have small pockets, communities that are growing over time. And so mm-hmm. I think it's like, okay, there's thousands of people that value this asset now. When before it was like, it happened so fast that <laughs> it was like, you know, I think people were like shell shocked with like, wait, I didn't buy it last week and now it's worth a hundred thousand yeah, dollars. You know what yeah, I mean? like, yeah. it's a, But now people are like, oh, it, it has value because it boomed, it, it boomed up. It died, and now it's it's getting back to where it was before. Now there's, in my opinion, there's just that, that trust level. But um, what you mentioned about like Bitcoin and Ethereum is like when this thing, when these things happen, it happens so fast,
1: like so fast.
0: Like you start to see it like ramp up, creep up a little bit, and then it shoots, and then it stays sideways, and then it shoots, and then and then now it's just like you know we're kind of creeping back towards all time high. And So it's it's an it's an awesome feeling to be a part of because you just know that people are interested right around the corner. And I think that that's that's really what brings the bull market vibes is like we're kind of like have been building this club, and now people are starting to get more interested in this club, right? Yeah. And um, you know, diving into today's podcast and, and today's conversation, you know, first be you got incredible news, you know, this week, and it's something that you know I was really happy to see on Twitter, just because you had a lot of people like just from you know your time and commitment to NFTs and Web three to kind of chime in and congratulate you, but National Strength Association, Strength and Conditioning Association um, awarding you with being College Coach of the Year. Like, it's a huge accolade, but it really ties into this conversation that me and you had kind of separately of like, you know, and it's something that you can dive into a little bit deeper, but, um, you know, it wasn't just this year specifically. It wasn't just like one action that, you know, wasn't one championship that led to this. It's kind of this culmination of you building a reputation you building a certain level of success and um, an excellence with the people that you were working with for years, right? Like years leading up to this. And so, um, you know, you mentioned to me in a, in a text message the other day, you're like, man, I've, I've been a finalist and I feel like it's been, you know, you've been a finalist for years and and you feel like that that's been kind of like, you know, propelling you towards actually accomplishing this accolade. And I felt like that was like a perfect, um, a perfect example of what we should be thinking about when it comes to like playing the long game not yeah. that, like, I know you personally, I know that this accolade, you know, it's cool to receive, but I know it's not like a game changer in your world. But at the same time, the recognition for the years that you put into it, it, it that's the story. Like, that's what's fascinating about this to me, and I'm sure the people that are listening too. So maybe you can just dive into a little bit of, of why you think, you know, the years leading up to this kind of made it happen um, for this for this certain award.
1: Yeah, thanks, Drew. I appreciate it. And yeah, it, it, um, it was kind of cool seeing Um, a lot of people wishing me, you know, congratulations on Twitter and Instagram through socials and and the world's kind of blending together, which is, which was really cool. Um, but it, it, this was the fourth time I've been nominated. Right. And well, I don't remember the first time I was nominated, but you know, every year, every couple of years I get nominated for the award. And, um, it's a, it's a process to, you know, to fill out the things that you've done and the things you've accomplished and the things you kind of, you know, um, gave back to the field. And of strength and conditioning and, um, just fortunately for this year, I, I was chosen. And, um, the, the person that works at the NSCA, he, he called me on the day that I, they got the award or got the, got the news that I was going to be given the award. Um, and he said, he's like, you know, this isn't just what happened from last year. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting the award this year, but it's everything you've given back. Like, right. um, between doing writing articles or presenting or podcasting. Well, like even this one, like, you know, um, podcasting, um, sharing, um, hosting, interns, teaching, mentoring, all these types of things um, that I, you know, I guess at the moment, I, I never realized that it was like really um, giving to the field. I was more just giving of myself to, you know, each, every single athlete or, in, or individual that I'd come in contact with, but um, that's really what led to um, me being able to receive this award, which I, which I'm honored to. It is a um, it's our, it's our national governing body. For anybody who doesn't know, the National Tra- Strength and Conditioning Association's been around since the '80s um, and really created the profession of strength and conditioning. So it's so it's an honor to be able to receive the award um, and to represent all of college strength conditioning coaches, which is a lot. There's a lot of people there. And um, to be chosen for it, it's just, it's an honor, but it does, it comes back to this idea that we talk about all the day of showing up, right? The same thing when we go through the bear market, right? We showed up every single day. What do we do? Do we, do we complain? Do we, do we bitch? Do we moan about things? No, we, we, we continue to do what we did, which is to connect, you know, we connect. And, you know, I always kind of believe that, you know, we have an ability to impact and influence and let's, let's, why not, why not do the best that we can at it? And we've, um, and I think the relationships that we've been able to form through that are, are strong, and I think well, they've got but, to know us a little bit better, and they're more willing to right network and, and connect, and um, that's what it is, right? That's what everything is—is is, is being absolutely. able to connect, as connect with individuals and connect with people.
0: I mean, you know, being in crypto, you know, it seems like, you know, when you first get in, you're kind of bombarded with this idea of. I need to do a ton of research to figure out where I should be spending my time, my energy, my, my money. But if you ask me, you know, over the last two to three years where I've been most successful, it's, it's hundred percent networking. It's, I mean, there's something that you and I could talk about specifically where a couple of weeks ago, we're like, man, we kind of got, we kind of got, you know, really defeated by this one play, but this person ended up dropping us in a group chat that helped us yeah. find a bunch of other opportunities to, and, and I think in my opinion, way surpassed, um, you know, that original plan that we had. And it we it literally goes right back down to we communicated with him. We built a relationship with him. You know, he placed us in the right spot and then mm-hmm. boom, you know, like it, it's such a perfect example. And I think um, part of it is like you and I have a vision for, we know that there's going to be opportunities if, if we stick around and we continue mm-hmm. to, to network, connect and, and be of value to people. But also this idea of like, kind of playing a little bit of an endurance game in in like a sprinting world. I think that that's like, that's, you know, it's not just crypto either. Like it's, it's social, it's internet, it's digital, it's, it's the whole world. Like, you know, so having this idea, this concept of, you know, training for a marathon in in a world of sprinting, I think it doesn't, you know, the race starts, it doesn't look like we're doing so hot, but over time, man, if there's a hundred people starting, you know, there's probably be like 75 people that are going to be out of this race pretty quickly and i think that it's a perfect you know it's a perfect way to describe i think us staying so involved in that world and especially crypto twitter because man we're just you know we continue to just keep running every day and and it's it's you know showing and results and um and outcomes for us that it was worth it for us to continue to to keep showing up when we could have easily just tapped out
1: and said give yeah, it oh so many people have right so many people have like so I mean, we hear about those from people in the community they talk about like you know this person left and you know, I remember I think mullet was like, you know, why do, why do you guys keep showing up, you know? And, yeah, and- it's, a, it's a vision
0: it's- commitment. It's a process. And yeah. I think that those are things that we talk about all the time, but there's also, this is, I'm less concerned about this, but I think it is interesting because I was watching this show. I think I was telling you about um, special forces. Right. right. And when people are put to the ringer and then one person quits and the other people still have to be put to the ringer culture changes, you know like there's a there's a high level respect that's kept for the people that that still go versus the one person that might maybe, maybe taps out and then tries to come back in. you know it's just I, in my opinion it's it's not even like being judgmental. it's I think that's just human nature for like a level of respect, right So people that tapped out and they might have tapped out for a variety of reasons that are totally justified and and totally fine. but I think there is a certain level of respect for people that stuck around and continue to mm-hmm. network build try to amplify the good. And so um it's an interesting factor that I think about from time to time. But but what do you think be like, you know, when you think about when you think about, you know, taking that mentality for playing the long game, um, obviously there's things that we talked about, finding your why. I, I think yeah. it's, you know, for me, for you it's clear. Um, but would you say that it's just really it is truly just trusting and, and falling in love with the process, you know no matter yeah. what it is, whether it's training, whether it's training others, whether it's crypto, or all these things that that you know we're kind of playing this long game for, um, would you consider that
1: to be a pillar? I do. I, th- I think you got to figure, number one, we talked about it, you got to figure out what your why is. And then, you know, you and I, we always love to share books on this. And we talk about how much we, we have an affinity for shop, wood, carry water, which is yep. so much about the process and not focusing on the outcomes or the results. And trusting in the process of showing up day to day, putting in the work, whether it be physical, mental, spiritual, your breath work, whatever it is, um, having faith in that, in the process, and that the outcomes will start to come, um, and the results that you deserve are going to come to you, right? right? And that book is by Josh Metcalf, and he it, and he wrote another book which is called Pound the Stone, and it's um, it's based on this credo. Have you ever heard of the Stonecutters Credo?
0: You know what? I have, but I would love to pressure. I'm,
1: yeah, I'll, I'll read it, right? So this is a stonecutter's credo, right, by by Jacob Reese. But when nothing seems to help, I go and look at a stonecutter hammering away at this rock, perhaps a hundred times without as much as a crack showing in it. Yet at the hundred and first blow, it will split in two. And I know it was not that last blow that did it, but all that had gone before, Right, right? And it comes down to, it's like, even when an injury happens, so you ever heard the adage, um, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back? Yeah, right? of course. It's, it's yep. not that one rep that you did that did it. It was probably all the other reps that were yep. done with poor technique that led to poor patterning, um, overload on certain tissues, which is what caused that certain injury. And so when it comes down to getting results, it's about this concept of of pounding the stone, like this concept of stick to this concept of grit. Um, of just showing up and putting your head down and believing in the work that you're doing right and then oftentimes you got to you got to step back and you got to assess am I using my time effectively and am I in a, am I using my time as efficiently as I can to yield am I making progress right like that's yeah. basically what you're trying to do is you got to be able to take time and take moments and sometimes you that you can internalize that and take and take feedback away or you might need the help of an external coach or a friend or somebody else that's gonna be like, hey, do you? What do you think? You know, like, what are we? Are we? Are we moving in the direction? Yeah, yeah.
0: No, I think it's it's really helpful to have that outsider, you know, perspective and view. You know, from the coacher, the coaching, the men, the mentor side. Um, it, you know, it reminds me of you know that like really famous graphic of like the guy who's like mining for gold and he's like two inches away and he stops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So like, it kind of reminds me of that, but also just the the idea that um, you know falling in love with the process uh tapping the stone i think what's interesting about that specific one i think it speaks well to a lot of people's experiences is um can't really see it you know like like if you think about the stone you know there's not really like a little there's not a bunch of little cracks are adding up you might not even see anything you might not even see any progress and then boom it's there right that happens to me in my professional life all the time. Or you know, like maybe I'm sending out a bunch of DMs and, you know, not getting responses and then boom, you know, like a, a big one comes through. Right. And that's where I, like when, when people um, are asking, you know, like, how do you, how did you get the agency started? how did you get your career started? I always tell people that like, I was DMing a ton of people, like a ton of people. And, you know, part of me knew, like I wasn't gonna get responses back, but a small part of me knew I was going to get, some responses back and those small responses like changed the trajectory of my career and to me that was pounding the stone you know sending out messages DMs trying to find a mentor trying to find an opportunity to learn from somebody that has um, does, done it previous and, and had been successful in the agency world or marketing world and um, it's fascinating M- you know Matt Caesar who yeah. prominent NFT artist um, but also World Series champion he loves this thing and he he utilizes he it all the time But um, it's what I think about people, especially in in pro sports. um, This is just like, it's just part of them. Like to just, they have to love the process. They have to have a really strong why because there's going to be times where like, they don't see maybe a ton of progress or they don't see like, um, maybe they're not super optimistic about their current situation. If you know, you think of like a minor league player who's getting paid less than minimum wage, you know, like that's not an optimistic situation, but they continue to show up as if they were going to be a pro you know a high-end pro athlete and those are the ones that make it right and so what's what's fascinating is it's very very um it takes vision right i think that that's Mm -hmm. that's really what it comes down to is you know when you're in the grind you're in the process you have to have a certain level of vision um otherwise if you don't have that vision i think it's easy to tap out where you don't see the results or or easy to tap out where you don't see the progress right so um you know, for you, first, uh, I'm kind of curious. How important
1: is the award to you? The award? What do you uh, think? Not really. I mean, it's kind of cool that, like, it. Hey, but not... <laughs> put me on no, like, I mean, no, it's kind of like to be it's a It's kind of cool to put on my resume, right? Like, it's kind of, but it doesn't change what I do. It doesn't change who I am. Like, right? It's it. It's a. The way I look at it is, it's recognizing what I've been doing. That's it, right? It's like what I'm doing so, is having an impact, and it's totally my noticing that impact, and that's that. That's it. Like, it doesn't change what I do. Like I'm not going to do anything at bad. all. It's, no. So my my
0: my point is, you have been you you've had this process for years, and then this this award comes through, nothing really changes for you. Like that's the to me that's the most fascinating aspect of it all, right? And you know, you look at some other industries like New York Times bestseller, you know, like. There's people that have been working towards it, and they finally get it, and they feel like they have made it. They're on top of the world, and then two weeks later, two months later, they're like, "Yeah, nothing changed." <laughs> you know, like it's something to throw in like an Instagram bio. It's something to be introduced as. Um, and there, there's obviously a certain level of credibility, right? Like for you to be um, nationally recognized to be Coach of the Year, it's certainly something that you'll be introduced as. It's something that you'll you'll hold personally. But what I love about you is. Nothing really changed. You're still going to, you still have this process and you've been doing it for years. And so I think that's also something, you know, that we, we should talk about in this podcast specifically is, um, when you do hit, when you, when that stone does break, it's not like, you know, uh, game over, you know, like I'm kind of, you know, we we're fine. We're finished. We're, we're done here. And that's why I want to switch this conversation a little bit over to, you know, Simon Sinek. And he talks about the infinite game where it's not even really about winning the game. It's more so staying in the game. And to stay in the game, you have to have, you know, you have to be able to push yourself. You have to be able to be agile. There's all these different factors that he talks about that I think people don't really have the mindset for when it comes to like building business, building personal brand, or or even, you know, working as an employee somewhere. It's not about just getting the promotion or just hitting a certain level of salary. It's like, how do I continue to play the game at a high level that continues yeah. to push me? And so that can be a high level employee at this company for infinity right like th- there almost like should not be the end goal or result it should be almost striving for something that's almost upta on un- a unobtain- uh, obtain- unobtainable uh obtainable there we go so that it continues to force you to grow and develop and then really kind of push yourself into a place where um the process kind of takes over right and that's to me that's one of the most impactful books i've read in, in the last couple of years because it totally changed my mind it's like why would i Why would i strive for our agency to do only a certain amount when you know it it could be infinite right it could be unlimited and when i've taken that approach i just think that it's um it one it drives me to like want to pursue something that almost feels unlimited but also just this factor of um i don't want to set myself up for disappointment either right like like, man we worked so hard to get to this point nothing really changed you know it's it's kind of like building your own expectation um but for me, I think that it's a book that people should read or at least listen to, but it kind of reminds me of you. It's like, you know, it's not like you're working towards this award. It's it's no. a byproduct of your process. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of curious, B, when you think about like yourself, like does the Infinite Game, do, do those principles do you think apply to yourself?
1: They do. I And I haven't read the book yet, but I need to. It's on my list. Um, I think the things that, That really allow you to stay in the game is your willingness to adapt yeah and you said agility being it being agile but being able to recognize that you're you're a constant but the world around you is not a constant it's constantly variable so you have to be able to be variable with your thoughts be variable with your uh your your communication skills be variable with the um in my case, the amount of training—the training that you may do—but you got to be variable in your skill set too. You yeah. always have to be willing to um, improve and adapt. It's it's a mentality of getting better, right? It's it just having that having that mentality with everything you do. I think allows you to seek opportunities when they arise, right? And rather to view things as obstacles and being able to recognize that there's that the world is changing around you, and if you want to continue to be an asset to those around you and the world that you're in you got to change. You got to be willing to adapt. Yeah. You got to figure things out. Yeah. And I think, so, yeah, that, I guess they do apply.
0: You said it perfectly though, in the sense of the agility factor, which is a huge principle of the, of the infinite game is, um, almost this idea of like putting yourself out of business. And it sounds crazy when you, you know, when, when you first hear it, but then you think about it and you think about like, you think about blockbuster and Netflix, right. And Netflix, obviously, you know, sending DVDs in the mail, they put themselves huh. yeah. out of business because they they primarily you know transferred over to streaming, and they put their their physical mail product out of business, right? So they did kind of put themselves out of business by creating a superior product, which now be you know their top five streaming platform in the world, right? So by doing so and being agile, which other companies like Blockbusters is, is primarily used in the book, um, these companies, you know, by not being agile, you know, kind of got stuck. And, and when, when, like you said, the, the world is moving around them, not changing, not adapting, um, leads to extinction for them. And that happens to mm. so many businesses. And what's so fascinating, like working with small businesses and marketing advertising is, you know, oh, we don't want to get into social media. Cause I don't have time to understand it. It's like, yeah. nope, nobody understands it until they do, until they like take the time to, to learn, grow. And so it kind of goes to what you're saying of like, also building new skill sets, building new, new mindsets around being agile and, and, um, Ultimately leads to that business being able to thrive and survive in times where other businesses, you know, I think about like COVID. There's a ton of businesses oh, that man. has so many that, that you know, there's no online presence, there's no e-commerce, and so businesses had to be completely halted. And then there's other businesses, some of them are which clients of ours that we still have that were like, hey, let's stand up e-commerce today. Let's let's pivot and be agile to service and and grow and develop in a world that we're not fully tapped into yet, and. um, it's paid off incredibly, you know, for, for them to not only build it out, but to continue to grow and adapt in those areas. Um, and I think it's it's just fascinating to me to understand like why some businesses are unable or not willing to to change and adapt and maybe being scared of change. Yeah. But it's it's so imperative I, to thriving business.
1: I think that's it. I think it's the fear of change, right? And this is yeah. again I think this might be the fourth book that we're referencing on this podcast. <laughs> and I don't remember if, if we've talked about it before, but Who Moved My Cheese? Have you ever read that?
0: I started it. I You just reminded me, though. It's literally been on my bedside table for so long. I you
1: need to finish, finish it like in an hour. Right. Right. Yeah, it, I know. It, I got there I, some of it in like one night, yeah. Who, who Moved My Cheese? Everybody who listens to this needs to get the book and at least read it at least one time a year. It is, it's written as a fable. And written as a story of like two mice, and I won't give everything away, but one is named Hem, and the other one is named Haw, and it's about um, trying to find the cheese on a every on an everyday basis. Right. And one of them, uh, so they they go to the same spot in the maze every single day, and they find their cheese, and they're satisfied. And so one day, the cheese isn't there, and they kept showing up to the same spot, expecting the cheese to be there, but the cheese was no longer to be found. Right. One of them, I can't remember who, but Hem keeps going to that same spot thinking the cheese is going to be there. And Haw, the other day, is like, you know what? The cheese ain't going to be there. I'm going to go find another way to get cheese. So he still goes off in his own path and he finds cheese. Right. Hem kept going up to the same spot expecting the cheese to be there, where Haw found the an opportunity and realized the cheese isn't going to be there. I got to go find my own cheese. Right. And right. I think that was a book that I read early on in my career about understanding the power of being willing to change. Yeah. Um, you know, I and I'm strong in my principles and being a principle-based centered individual and principle centered coach. Um, but the methods that I've used from, you know, the early two thousands in terms of training, are, you know, might be might be different than the methods I choose to use today. Absolutely. But they're all backed in principles, right? And so yeah. if you're principle centered as an individual and as a professional, and you're always willing to adapt and you're always trying to find out different ways. Like I you know, I listen to Gary Vee's podcast. So like Gary Vee's a master at it. He's yeah, constantly absolutely. looking for different ways, like how can I get my message out there? Whether it be yeah. YouTube shorts and TikTok or you know, reels, and just different ways to
0: I mean, dude, he's he's taking it to a whole nother level. He's talking about yeah. like when I do a podcast, I want it to be transcribed in 10 different languages. I want yeah. the languages to be sent out to you know different countries with advertising. Yeah, you know, like that's a such a high level of thinking to change things up and, and to be ahead of the curve. But um, yeah, I I love what you said because you know some of the things that you do, they have to change. Whether it's techniques, Mm. new research, equipment, but the principle, i mean, who moved by cheese? I mean, that's a my dad has recommended that book ever since I was like 13, right? So I know that that's a book that's been around forever. But yet the principles are so strong. Same thing—you know, how to win friends and influence people. Yeah, some of these other books that we reference a ton. Um, So I'm not only going to make it. I'm going to I'm going to finish the book. I'm also going to throw it on an audio and and listen to it as well because um yeah I think it's such a powerful concept to, to to be agile to change and I know we kind of go, went on a tangent away from you know our our immediate topic but um yeah it's just fascinating to hear because I think it's such a great example of you know pounding the stone um, which is also another great book that people yeah. should be that people should pick up. Um, B any any last thoughts about you know just the infinite game playing the long game yeah. kind of taking this marathon approach anything else that pops up for you
1: no but I think it all kind of you know we did go in different directions which is which was fun and kind of cool to talk about but it does like you, you know you texted me you know let's talk about endurance in a world of sprinting right yeah. and how do you gain endurance it's by repetition. Yeah. Right. You gain endurance by consistently doing the act at whichever act that you're choosing to do, or the task that you're willing to do. That's the only way you're going to be able to endure anything. Is you have to build tolerance. And how do you do that? Like you, you got to keep doing. Like to so like, take it from a training example, you got to continue to train. But at some point, you're going to adapt. And so, what yep. are you going to do? You have to be willing to shift. I think I said it in a message the other day. Is uh, do more weight, do something faster, do more reps, right? So you can you got to force your body to adapt, you got to force your mind to adapt, you got to force your skill set to adapt in some way, and somehow. So if you can take the concept of realizing that this life that you're that you're experiencing right now is a it's a marathon, um, you just got to keep showing up, you got to keep training, and keep trying to find the ways of of and the areas at which you can grow and improve. And find your times that when you're going to sprint, and find your times you're going to back off, and find your times when you're going to go hard and you're going to recover. But you just got to keep showing up.
0: Yep, yep. I, I couldn't agree more. I think um, you know some of the, the topics that you mentioned today and the principles you mentioned today are, are so spot on with this idea of of having vision. And I think that that's kind of one of the toughest things for a lot of people is to um, you know not only find a place of vision but also to continue to to tap into it. And so. Um, B, I appreciate everything that you mentioned today. Hope everybody got some some great value from this episode. Um, talk to everybody next week. And and B, we also um, there's there's a couple of questions that we got that I was going to throw in today, but I think we'll just throw this into oh. the next episode. But um, I think honestly, we should probably bring back the book club because some of these books that we're reading, I think we just need something to like really push people over the edge um, to 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 really just execute it and read them because it's. It's amazing how often we reference them with mm-hmm. a variety of conversation, a variety of topics. So I, I think we might have to, maybe in the new year, bring back the, the Metathletes book club.
1: But I not if we just bring back book club, maybe we could record some episodes of the conversations too, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, Absolutely. They could be opposite, it's a great you know interview. what I mean? You know what I mean? And then we can discuss it Absolutely. and reference back. So that'd be a good way to, to change up the, the pod too. I
0: like it. All right, B, appreciate you. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. See everybody next week.